Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Hauk, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman. Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. I have an absolutely amazing woman that I had an opportunity to chat with today. Jennifer Courtney was one of the motivational speakers that came out to the Team Ange Women's Training Camp. And oh my goodness, she has such a beautiful story. And we had the most amazing conversation. So I'm so, so excited to share it with all of you. Jennifer Courtney is an entrepreneur, an author, life coach, and a mommy of four. Jen is passionate about working with women to help them achieve their best possible life. She spent years working one-on-one with women in her clothing store to help them embrace their worth and see that it is not connected to their dress size. She's branched out into her coaching practice driven to focus on personal growth for women. When Jen is not visiting schools with her books, she is traveling around speaking to groups of women about self-love and acceptance. She recently gave a talk at a mental health awareness event talking about her own journey with anxiety. So today's chat was all about her area of expertise, which is that self-love and acceptance piece. I think it's so hard for us to look in the mirror and love ourselves just as we are. And in today's conversation, we had an opportunity to talk about strategies to really help you build your confidence and learn to love yourself more. That also comes in the way of forgiving yourself, in the way of creating boundaries in your life, and a way in maybe seeing more worth other than just your body image. We talk about escaping comparison and also about her amazing journey getting through her divorce with her husband. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode, my conversation with Jennifer Courtney. Hey Jen, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So let's just kick things off with having you tell our audience your story. And I have to say, I'm pretty excited to hear it because I've read your bio and done some research, but I don't think I really know the full story. So why don't we go back? Where were you 10 years ago? Oh, my. (laughs) I was not in an awesome spot 10 years ago. So I was... um, I would have been going through a divorce and um, a single mom became a single mom with three little children at that time. So I, the 10 year ago, Jen was um, a little bit messy and um, super broke and just trying to keep the family afloat. So that was me 10 years ago. Yeah. And how does that relate or contrast with the Jen that you are right now? Um, 
Well, they're two very different people, uh, which maybe sounds weird, but they're same person, different person, right? So if I didn't go through all that struggle, I would never be the person I am today. Had you told me that 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed a single word of it. So I'm really glad that no one uh, tried to tell me that. So the person I am today is strong, um, confident. I am an entrepreneur, a very busy mom. I am married with another child. I am an author. Um, I own a awesome clothing store. I am lucky enough to be able to go out and speak to women and encourage them and tell them my story and my journey. I'm able to talk to people and relate to them on a level that I never would have been able to if I didn't go through any of that stuff. So it's firsthand um, empathy, right? So I'm able to relate and then I'm able to share some things that worked for me and uh, hopefully just help people along. And that's, that's what's making it all worth it for me is just... The struggle was there and the struggle was real, but if I can show anyone that you can come out the other side, then then it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love it. I really think that through the struggle, absolutely, I think it is our way to gain strength and really just transform lives from there. I'm just curious though, Jen, did you hit a rock bottom or how in the world did you go from where you were into now seeing yourself as being strong and confident, or did you always have that? Did you have that strength and confidence when you were going through that hardship? So it's a kind of, it's really interesting. So I actually was a competitive figure skater my whole life. I started skating at three. And so during that time, during the early days, I was a really strong and confident and a fierce competitor and I knew exactly where I was headed in life and there was nothing and no one that could tell me anything different like I was solid in where I was headed and then yeah at around um, 16 I met someone and things took a different turn and it took me on a journey that I was unprepared for and I really really struggled through so it completely shook me. So everything that I was, I very quickly became the complete opposite. And it was a really, really dark time. And so finally, after a very long time in that dark time, I was able to get out. And I was out with my children. And then I thought, well, you know, things can't get worse. And then they got worse. (laughs) And I hit my form of rock bottom and I got very, very sick and my anxiety was through the roof. I was unable to sleep. I was completely depressed, um, barely able to feed us and my body just started shutting down. So I got really sick and we couldn't find anything wrong with me and I didn't, I felt like there was something wrong and I didn't realize it was all the mental stuff that was manifesting physically. And, um, yeah, I started losing lots of like big clumps out of my hair and everything just kind of sucked for a while. (laughs) And then I just got sick of it and I just got sick of that. And I remembered who I was. And then that's when I made a choice and it was a 
long and trying uphill battle from that point, but I have not looked back since. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so much beauty in everything that you shared. I, I think that we need to talk about the divorce and what that entailed because I believe there's probably so many listeners that are listening to this episode that are either dealing with that or will in some way, shape or form be exposed to divorce throughout their lifetime. So let's just talk about that experience and how you moved through it and came out on the other side to the place of now being remarried and having a child. Like, how did you move through that transition and now be able to be where you're at um, with your ex-husband? Yeah, so the best part about my story is there is somewhat of a happy ending and it did not come easy. And I like sharing it with people because I think people only ever share the horror stories and there's another way to do it. And so initially it started messy. It always does. There's emotions involved. There's children involved. There's money involved. And that you can't avoid the mess in the beginning. One of my biggest mistakes I made looking back is I tried to work through that far too quickly I was a child of divorce and I wanted to do it the complete opposite of what I was shown because it was um, not healthy for for myself and for my my parents when they went through the divorce. So I made it my mission. I was going to be the best divorced person ever. And unfortunately, I I rushed it and I wanted to be friends really quickly with my ex-husband and I wanted to try and forgive everything that had happened and and move on faster than I was ready for. So that set me back a little bit. Once I finally realized, and someone actually said to me that you don't have to be friends to be friendly. And I think that's where I was getting really, really mixed up because I wanted my kids to always be comfortable. I didn't want to be at the arena and then be like, well, do I sit with mom or do I sit with dad? And so I wanted them to always see us together. And that was the part that I was just getting a bit mixed up on that you don't have to be friends to be friendly in that situation. So as we got going, we figured out a few things. Um, There was definitely a lot of bumps in it. But one of the biggest things that I had to learn how to do was um, be divorced. And I think You know, we do so much prior to and where we should do so much prior to our marriages that we don't do the same work to be divorced. So we have to learn to be married to our partner and marriage is really, really tricky. But divorce is just as tricky. So we had to learn how to be divorced. So what I did is I got us a family counselor and um, we drove all the way to Stratford. I lived over in um, Wingham area at the time and we drove to Stratford every other week and we did family sessions and we always invited uh, my ex-husband to come in with me and the kids or just the kids and him. And then when a third party, when he started dating, um, we invited his partner into the mix so that we all were able to communicate and get things sorted out. So we learned how to be this new weird family <laughs> And during that time, our counselor actually said something to me that was the best advice I've ever gotten in my entire life for this situation. And he said, you have to look at this like your business partners and your children are your business. So talk to each other the way you would your business partner. And so during that time, I became really, really aware of the way I was talking and the way I was communicating, the way I would respond to text messages or emails. And I always 
felt and pretended, I guess, you know, that if it was being read out into a boardroom, would I look crazy? Would I, would I come across like a really terrible person or would I come across that I'm trying to do what's in the best interest for our business? And it was during that time that we, that we really found some growth in our really sucky situation. So yeah, so that was, that was the biggest part was, you know, removing the emotion, trying to do what was best for our business, which is our three children. And I was lucky enough to have someone that was um, willing to meet me, right? So I know that that's really tricky when you have someone that's fighting against you on the other side of it. But we just kept fighting for what was best for the children and trying our very best to meet in the middle. And when we couldn't, which is not all, I mean, you just can't always meet in the middle. Uh, When we can't, we are trying really, really hard to at least be respectful of each other. Uh, which isn't always easy, but I feel we've done a pretty decent, a decent job at it. So that's how that went. (laughs) So, so what would you do then? Let's say you either received a message or something came up in conversation with your ex-husband that made your emotions initially go either grr or like whatever. (laughs) How do you, cause, cause you can't not feel the emotion. The emotion comes yep. up. You have to let it surface. So yep. how do we move from that to then coming back to business mode or coming back to that? Do you give yourself some space before you respond? Do you say, okay, mm-hmm. I, I've read this message or accepted this message, but I'm going to come back and revisit this later? Or what do you do in terms of emotion into business yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's all sorts of emotion. Yeah. And you can't still to this day, I can receive a text message and there's still all sorts of emotion. So that actually never really goes away. So it came down to strategies. You're right. So I read a lot of books and I did a lot of Googling and I actually never found anything that really worked or made sense or that was simple enough. So I made up my own thing. So I know it's going to sound kind of weird, but I tell people this because it it actually really works. So what I did was, first of all, I actually programmed my ex-husband's name into my cell phone as I'm not under his name. I programmed it as keep it simple. So every time that a text message would come through, the very first thing I would see would be the words, keep it simple. And that was a mental reminder to myself to just slow down and remove anything that isn't necessary from it. It didn't remove the emotion. It just primed me for the conversation that was to come, right? So every single time I saw keep it simple and I was reminded, do not write a big long paragraph of all the hot button topics that you just want to resolve right now. So then when that would happen, I would respond with an there is a, um, I think it's like a Maroon Maroon 5 song or something where it's like or 10,000 letters that I never sent. Uh, that was like, I have written at least 10,000 um, text messages that were all deleted. And I would allow myself the space and the time to write out everything I wanted to say. And then I would backtrack and erase all the crazy and just put in what was needed and it would go from this big long vent right down to a one or two sentence which was what I needed to get across and so I felt like I was at least 
getting out what I wanted to say without having to retract it later. So every once in a while that when there was something there, I would, I would write it out, I would type it out, or I would sit down and write a letter. But I never allowed myself to respond from that yucky space. So I primed my mind, I allowed myself to feel my emotion. And then I took a deep breath and I responded in a way that if if I was reading it to someone else, I wouldn't have to explain the backstory because it's really hard when you're dealing with um, an ex-partner on any level. They know all your buttons and it's a one, it might be a one word thing that you're like, oh, I know what they mean by that or I know what they're poking at. But if you have to explain a huge long backstory for why you responded in a way that was really unflattering to you, I just advise just don't just don't right um it was always kind of trying so desperately to hold a higher standard to myself and to hold myself to the promise that i was going to do this better for myself and my children and i want to like me when this is done Mm -hmm. so i know what maybe it doesn't work for everyone and i get that i know some things are messy and it was messy trust me like this wasn't just a peaceful little like we're all just going to do this like it god is is as messy as you can imagine, but we, I still just kept saying every time, higher standard, higher standard, you still want to like you. And so I like me and I think I did okay. Mm -hmm. There's two big pieces there that I really want to pull on. So one of them is that what I'm hearing is that A, you are taking radical responsibility for everything that's happening around you, not in a way of blaming yourself, but saying that I can't control what is coming into my life, but what I can control is my reaction Mm -hmm. to that thing. So I love that you say it that way. And then I also love the writing piece. I do that all the time. Like (laughs) something happens that may upset me and instead of sending it, I will journal about it write out my emotions, and then always return back to love as I'm seeing this person for the first time. How can I return back to love all of the time? Because that's where we all want to be. We all want to be back to love, not only love of ourselves, but also love of the other person. Um, and coming at it from that perspective really does change the relationship versus the attack, defense, Mm-hmm. You did this, I did that. Let's keep yep. score kind of <laughs> kind of mentality that sometimes we can get pulled into. So that leads really beautifully into what I want to dive deep in with you and that is the self-love piece and the acceptance piece and I know that those are both areas that you are very much an expert of or in. I think many women and men um, truly struggle to see their worth, struggle to love themselves. So let's just start with where do we begin in our self-love journey? Where do we begin in starting to recognize our own worth as an individual? Yeah, well, I think it's going to start probably the same place for everyone. I think all of us need to really, really focus on forgiving the person of yesterday And that's what took me a long time to do. I didn't always do everything the way I wanted. I still don't always do everything the way that I wanted. But forgiving yourself for making any mistakes, forgiving yourself for, you know, not being the person that you wanted to to be yet. Right. And so when we start forgiving ourselves and start recognizing that this is a journey, And it's a process and there is no chance that any of us are going to nail it every second of every day. 
and we're never ever going to kind of like be there be at the the perfect spot that you want to be because every stage you should be growing at right so when you start recognizing that forgiving yourself then it's a lot easier to move forward because you're not filled with all this shame and guilt and self-loathing and it changes the way that you speak to yourself so I always tell anyone you know forgive yourself for any of your mistakes and it was like Maya Angelou that said you know once you know better do better so now that you want to make a change then then start making a change look at your life writing down areas that you want to do better in and areas that you've been struggling in or areas that you know are really tricky to forgive yourself and those are the areas you start focusing on so for myself i was a super quick to anger person and it felt like i get it now it was a way of having some level of control over my life and i could control anger and so i you know just would be really quick to that and I hated it. Every single time I would fly off the handle or I would respond in that way, for a second I would feel really strong and then I would feel really ashamed. So for me, that was an that was an area that I had to work really, really hard on and I still have to work really, really hard on. And my husband's really great on calling me out on that because it, um, that is an area that he doesn't love because he has the patience of Job. So he really likes things calm and, and smooth. So, but self-love, I think people look for it externally and that's what I did for a long time. And it's not. And I know we hear it all the time that it's an inside job, but it is. It's not just sharing inspirational quotes. It's not just, you know, it's, and all that stuff's great, right? Like the, the words can help and surrounding yourself with positive people can help. But you have to be able to look in the mirror and really, really like the person there. And the only way to do that is every day doing something that makes you a little bit better than the person you were yesterday. So I don't know. I think First step, forgive yourself. Second step, learn to look at yourself in the mirror, making full-on eye contact with yourself and realizing that up to this point, you've been doing the best you can. And that's okay, but it's not serving you anymore. And what are you going to do to change that? And then you start making those small changes and realizing they are small changes every day. You can't change everything overnight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So would you say then that the couple of things that you mentioned there are things that you would work into your daily self-care practices? And if so, is there other things that you would say should be in your regular routine to help it manifest if maybe right now you're not 100% there, like habits that that, that, yeah. that you would integrate? Yeah, for sure. So I have a lot of things that I um, that I do on a regular basis that help me because the truth is I very quickly can slide back into the um, the negative self talk, the um, feeling yucky about myself. So I don't feel amazing every second of every day either, right? So I have to do these reminders. So I work out, and I'm pretty public about the fact that um, it I don't work out because I love working out. I have never been one of those ones. And even when I was training for skating, I'd be the one that usually would avoid off ice training. Um, So I work out every day because it gets my mind straight and it makes my body feel strong. And those two areas are really, really important. 
So when my mind is straight, so I get up in the morning way earlier than anyone else in my house and I get a workout in and I get the dog out for a walk so I get some fresh air and then I come back and I get lots of water into me. Then I sit down and I start doing my daily reading. So I think it's really important. So you need to feel your body, you need to feel your mind. So find books that really ignite your soul. And I was never a big reader. And so, and I um, have dyslexia and it was always really difficult for me, which is really funny because I'm an author now, but it was a real struggle and it's still a real struggle just to read. But the more you start filling your mind with knowledge, the more confident you'll become as well, right? So I actually started a book club, which is something I've always, always wanted to do. And I didn't think anyone would want to do this with me, but I just threw out a book at one point on Facebook and said, like, anybody want to join into this book club? And uh, now I think we have 18 members in this little book club and just encouraging other women to read and grow their mind and their knowledge as well. So I start with the workout, I fill myself with water, I start my daily reading, and then my family starts coming down for the day, right? We start our day with the girls as well, and they have a little book, and it's just something that they can be mindful of as well. So um, whether it's um, this morning, actually, the one was uh, reminding us to smile. And even if you fake that smile in the mirror, eventually you start feeling happier and you can really, really trick your body that it's happy. Or when you're talking on the phone to someone and you're smiling, it's really hard to be a jerk with a giant smile on your face, right? So I do stuff like that. I think it's important to, especially when you're starting, to put reminders around. So I used to have lots of reminders around my house, notes to myself, um, journaling's huge and writing that down, and gratitude. And this one's I like to really be clear on because there's lots of people that say, you know, it's just the attitude of gratitude. And I do not buy into that. It's not an attitude of gratitude. It's a practice of gratitude. No one is grateful 100% of the time. No one feels joy 100% of the time. And I think we sometimes get tricked into thinking that's how we are supposed to be. If you're a happy person, you're supposed to be grateful all the time and joyful all the time and feeling good all the time and wanting to love all the time. And that's actually not reality. We can't be that all the time. We're humans. So what you have to do is you have to practice gratitude. So that comes down to the little things. And I do really weird things sometimes when I'm in like a really funky space. Like I will thank the you know, traffic light for being green and I didn't have to slow down and that was really great. And sometimes you have to like pull on the weirdest things to keep yourself mindful that you are grateful for all the little things in your life. So those are just some really simple things that I do for my for myself and then I make a point every day to tell other women something nice about themselves so I own a clothing store so it makes it a little bit easier because I have women coming in all the time uh, but I feel when I'm putting that out there I am just putting out the love that I want to receive as well and when I was in like my lowest stage if someone had just said to me, you know, um, I really love the way that you did your hair or I love that sweater or I love the way that you are with your children, it would have been so encouraging. And so I try to do the things that 
I needed when I was in my lowest. And whether someone's in their lowest or they are just rocking world and just killing it, I still think it's important to encourage other women. And I try to do that whether it's I love your handbag or um, I can I can tell that, you know, we have a lot of therapy sessions in my store. And so there is a lot of stuff that goes down, a lot of conversations that happen in there. So if it's a regular customer that I know and I can see that they're struggling, I will ask them. And we give out free hugs and people accept our hugs. And sometimes just a hug from someone is what is what someone needs. So I spend my days giving out to the world exactly what I want from it. And luckily enough, it comes back to, right? It's a big circle. So that's how I do it. So mm, I love all <laughs> of that. That's so freaking awesome. And I love the empowerment piece. I really, really do. I think that, uh, I don't think we do it enough. I really no. don't think we do it enough when we cross paths with other people and we think those things to ourselves, we need to say it more. We need to talk to other human beings and, and, and share the love and spread that kind of love and not in a like, I don't know, not in a like, way that I you expect that that's going to come back but just in a way that like I think it just uplifts the energy of an entire room when everybody's kind of recognizing those things um one other big thing I want to kind of talk about with that with the self-care is you've been able to identify some ways in which you take care of yourself now do you think that there are also like ways that we can bring out how do I describe it it's like <laughs> bringing out the playful young side of us that doesn't have the to-do lists and the do you know what I mean I think that's I, I don't know how to describe it but it's like yeah. it's another big piece of self-care that I don't think I think it's overlooked we get caught up in the to-do lists and it's like oh. we need in our self-care the fun, joyous kid in us to come out as well because I think that's a part of us that as adults we just suppress and suppress and suppress and like we lose sight of who we truly used to be and who we were as children. So what are your thoughts on that integration? Oh, I love it. I love it. And if you ask my kids, they all would. So I would like to say that I have some pretty sick dance moves. Mm, and nice. that I can like rap like I'm, I'm not Eminem good, but I'm pretty. No, I'm not. actually. I'm not even close. I'm a terrible rapper, but I do it anyways. And we have so much fun. And so my kitchen, I always tease. My husband's the one that cooks in our house. So we always say the kitchen is um, is for dancing. So we dance it out and we have big ruckus dance parties and and I always have even since when my boys were wee tiny little and I taught them how to two-step around our house and we would throw on music and dance and have fun and jump and play and wrestle and all that good stuff and so I actually have a um so my 40th birthday party is is coming up and I had decided that what I wanted to do for the women that are coming to my party, there's just a few women, is I wanted to give them a, a little treat bag of 
what I know for sure, the things I know for sure in life. And one of the items in the bag, and I can tell you this because I know this is going to air after the party, but one of the items in the bag is um, I got everyone like pig noses and duck noses and there are some horses in there. And it was the reminder to just not take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Have fun with life. Let go of all the shit and the drama and quit making things complicated and just live. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do that and we just lighten up and stop taking ourselves so seriously and just be silly, that it lightens everything. And I'm fortunate enough that my husband is an incredible person and by far my best friend and the best human I've ever met and he loves being dorky with me and so we we just we just dork it up all the time and we just have a lot of fun with that and it's laughter and it's light and it's dumb to someone else but it's hilarious to us and so I say whether you have a partner or not you surround yourself with people that know how to just be lighter and to let stuff go and to allow you to snort when you laugh and who will, you know, throw on some good old, you know, 90s hits and dance to, you know, Destiny's Child and get it done. And so I absolutely think that we as adults put so much pressure on ourselves. And the truth is, and I think this is the part that we tend to lose, we are teaching our children how to be adults right? And so if you're living this life where you are miserable and you're tired and you are always pissy because the bills are due and this is this and you're just living in this whirlwind kind of like being an adult sucks, that's what you're teaching your child, that being an adult sucks. So if you want your adult or your children to grow up to be, you know, good, fun-loving people who enjoy life, you can't just tell them to enjoy life while they watch you hating it. Mm-hmm to show them that stuff, right? So you show them by dancing in the kitchen. You show them by throwing on the sprinkler and running through it with them. You show them by, you know, I bought a bubble machine for no reason. I just thought it was awesome. And so we just throw on the bubbles outside and we just dance through the bubbles. And so it doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be light. Mm -hmm. So I believe in fun so (laughs) yeah oh my son I I truly so my son is almost three and I truly believe that he was gifted we were not trying and I truly believe that he was gifted to me to remember that because I was on this entrepreneurial journey of like building this empire I got pregnant had my son and I'm like oh my god you are the lesson that I need right now and that is to just (laughs) chill girl just chill Like he and for example, like he's at the stage, just started talking. And so every single time he sees a bulldozer, a bus, a truck, (laughs) a car, any word that he knows on the drive anywhere, he has to tell me and there will be a lot of them. So like every single bus, it's like, mom, a bus. I'm like, yeah, babe. Yeah, babe. Five seconds later, mom, a bus. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a bus. And it's just like that reminder of like his excitement over the entire world. Like 
And yes. you you need to stop and see that because that that truly where he is at right now in that like present fascination about everything that's going on around him stop and appreciate that versus I think so often we're like oh my goodness if he says that bus word one more time you know we're so quick to be like wanting to snap versus having the patience and understanding of saying like yes he truly is fascinated by it and he's gonna say the same word over 30 times but don't allow that to irk you allow that to energize you and allow that to be like an amazing conversation about showing the world around him. And I think that's often the piece that adults or parenting can be missing is the connection to where they are at. Like they are teaching us how to live. Really. They're teaching us how to live if we are willing to just watch it. Um, Now, one of the next things I wanted to talk about was one of the things in my life that I think has made a big difference in terms of like, the self-love piece and just like creating the best life is creating some fierce boundaries Mm -hmm. with people in our lives um, about what we want our lives to look like. So I really think those conversations can be incredibly tough, but when we create fierce boundaries, we allow ourselves the ability to create the life that we truly want to live. Have you found yourself having to have those tough conversations, creating boundaries with other people so that you're no longer give, 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 give and like actually taking a step back and being like, I don't have, I can't give to everybody and still make myself happy. So just wondering your insights on that. Yeah. Oh, that one is, that one's huge. So I used to think that being a mom and a wife and a woman and all that meant you had to do everything and you had to make everyone like you and you had to be, you know, smiley all the time and you had to be, you know, for the bake sale, you had to bake the cookies and all that stuff. So I said yes to everything and I hated most of it. So I had to learn boundaries really, really fast because I got really, really sick and I realized that I couldn't do it anymore. So I, um, I decided that no was a complete sentence. Yes. And I didn't have to explain. And the only reason I was explaining, it wasn't even that I cared that they knew I wanted them to still think I was a nice person when it was done. I didn't want them to, and And once again, that was me worrying so much what other people thought of me. So no is a complete sentence. Um, Something else that I had to learn how to do was say yes. And that was hard for me because I am incredibly stubborn and I like to do everything myself. And I really felt like I wanted to prove to myself in the world that I could do everything on my own. And I never took help from anyone. So one, I had to learn how to say no. But the other one, I had to learn how to say yes. And I had to learn how to have people help me and understand that I needed that in order to be a happy and healthy person. Boundaries was incredibly tricky and one that I still work on all the time. So as my career started growing, as I started wanting more, as I started striving for bigger and just more, I learned that I had to start surrounding myself with people who want more too. And unfortunately, that wasn't most of the people that I was around. Mm -hmm. So 
it became very, very tricky. And I still struggle sometimes with that. But you can disconnect with love, right? So you don't have to walk away and have it be some fiery disaster where that person's never in your life again. But maybe not right now. It's not working right now. So the more people I surround myself with, the more entrepreneurs, the more kick-ass women, the more women that want to talk about dreams and ideas and goals. And the more I'm around that, the more ignited I am, the more fierce I am, the more motivated I am. And I am get shit done at a way higher, a way higher rate than I ever did before when I was around people where I would almost feel like I would have to either play small because I didn't know how to have those conversations with them or they weren't really great deep conversations that I could have with them or I felt like because my life was going well because I was working my ass off and I felt like almost sometimes that there was that pull because I noticed that maybe they weren't headed in that same direction so I did have to learn and some of them were learned the hard way and I think I've gotten better at it. I'd like to believe I've gotten better at being able to detach with love and surround myself and keep seeking. I'm always seeking for women that are doing things at a way higher rate than I am and they motivate me. And whether I can, if I can't find them in my community, then I am finding them on the internet and I am watching them and I am seeking their knowledge and I am riding on their motivation and it pushes me and drives me. And so I decided when I, um, just before I actually released my first book and um, I had to make some really, really big decisions in my life during that time of where I was going to take my life. And I decided at that time that I was going to seek out mentors that were kicking ass and taking names and I was going to learn everything I could from them and just stay on route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that makes such a massive difference in terms of your rate of getting to where you want to go, linking arms with people that are inspiring and just Vibrating at a higher frequency is another just big part of it. Um, Was there particular places that you looked for in terms of mentorship or inspiring women? Um, Was there maybe something you found online to find groups like that? Or where would you suggest people start looking? Well, and that one's tricky because I am still trying to figure all that out myself. So initially there wasn't... um, there hasn't been a lot of people kind of just within my arm reach that are doing, and everyone's doing, and so I never want to sound like, so if your best you is completely different than mine, that is super cool, and that's fine. I was just looking for women that were in the same, um, pushing in the same direction as me, and I wasn't able to find a lot of people around me. So it got a little lonely for a little bit. As I'm going, I am finding a lot more people online there. Um, and the more, for a while I was afraid to talk about it because I didn't want people to think, or you never know, like you want to try and be careful of what you're saying or how you're going to come across. And then I just started talking to people about it and asking them, like, do you know any where to go? Or do you know who might be you know, willing to talk about their business or their goals? And, and 
you know, during that time, I was um, working on public speaking and things like that. So I joined a group in town. I joined um, Toastmasters. And I've met some great people there and have been working through the Toastmasters program to work on, you know, speaking and being able to communicate with people. The more I'm out and about, the more people I meet. So your networking circle and then through that, you they're like, oh, you should, you know, meet so-and-so or hook up with that. And and then to be completely honest, I got obsessed with a couple uh, authors that I had read and loved and they were so inspiring. And so I started, you know, watching their journey and following some of their stories on online or on Instagram. Um, you know, now that I've met you, um, you know, you're super inspiring. And so, you know, being able to hear your story and watch you motivate people. So it's just things like that. Like, I don't have a... I wish there was a set group and maybe I need, maybe I need to make one. Maybe that's the next, maybe I should write that down. Um, so there hasn't been a set group. I am just, I'm seeking it from every angle and I am, I'm just absorbing what I can. And when I connect with certain women, um, we just hang tight and are there to motivate each other and inspire each other and answer each other's questions. And it's a bit of a slow process. It's not just one giant group that says, you know, super awesome women, please join. So <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would say that the world, like the web really opens up a lot of possibilities in that space. I think yeah. it's, it's incredible. It really, really is incredible. The people that you can cross paths with and the people that you can connect with, with similar interests and similar aspirations. So yeah, no, I definitely think you should create a group and um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can certainly talk about that when the podcast uh, when the podcast ends here. But I just had a couple <laughs> other, um, yeah, a couple other questions for you. So you mentioned a little bit about the self talk. Now, is there particular mantras or particular ways that you either suggest or help people change the way that they're talking to themselves or the way that they're viewing themselves? Um, to help uplift their spirits, to help increase that confidence factor. Yeah, well, self-talk is huge, right? So, and I was, and I still struggle with that, but that was my biggest one because the truth is, you know, what you tell yourself is what you will believe and is what you will become. And I shared that with the women um, on the weekend that I was speaking to, but it's it's true. Now, the catch of this, which I think is really fun, is you can fake it. So I know lots of people are like, but I don't feel that I'm awesome. I don't feel that I'm enough. I don't feel that I'm beautiful. And I get that. And I don't feel that either, but all the time, right? But it's a lot like smiling in the mirror. When you mm -hmm. smile in the mirror, you trick your brain to think that you're happy. And sometimes we just have to do that. So you just have to force yourself through it. So it's no different than forcing yourself through a workout that you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You have to force yourself through that. So there was a lot of things that I've said over the years that I would repeat. The serenity prayer was my go-to and is still my absolute go-to for um, almost anything in my life, right? That just to remind myself of what I can control and what I can't control and just having the wisdom to know the difference. But when it comes to the way you're talking to yourself, changing your words that you're using are huge and removing all the negatives from it. So I'm not enough. And you have to just remove the not. I am enough. I am 
a incredibly amazing hot mess. I am a gift from God. He doesn't make mistakes and I am okay. And you just have to keep saying this stuff to yourself, the same things that you say to your child. And when your kid has a really bad day and they have act like a, you know, a bit of a turd and they have they've thrown a fit in the grocery store and they wouldn't eat their dinner and they had five accidents in their pants, you don't put them to bed telling them that they're not good enough. You tell mm-hmm. them that you love them and it's okay and it'll be better tomorrow and just a good night's sleep will make everything better. And those are the same things that I remind myself and I remind other people to do with yourself. Be as gentle on yourself as you would on your children. And then be really clear about the words that you're using. And sometimes you can just switch those around. So, you know, very simple words, like when we use the word, um, so when we use the word noise, right? So when you use the word noise, often you kind of think of um, bad things, like it's really noisy in here, the traffic's really noisy, or the children are really noisy. And so the word noise has a lot of negativity around it, because it's just kind of, it's all there. When we use the word sound, you can say the sound of the waves crashing on the, you don't say the noise of the waves crashing on the shore. You say the sound of the waves, the sound of the birds, the sound of the children's laughter. And so often sometimes it's tricking your own mind, changing the word up and you take away the negativity from from that sentence or um, I can't do that. And my kids say to me, you know, I can't do that. We always replace it with, I can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. And you say yet at the end of it, you are giving yourself a goal and you're giving yourself hope. And so it honestly is tricking your mind. I think people think that there's some really, you know, huge things that you have to do and there's like there, there, there's one word answers or whatever it's not it's simple things that you do every single day until they become habits and then they start rewiring your brain to think differently and it's all day every day you rewire that stuff and the second you get into that really yucky space where you just feel like you're going to lose it do something different So my son is in college, my oldest son is in college right now, and he was trying to do a paper. And he was getting really frustrated because the timeline was coming up and he just couldn't focus. But he kept sitting there doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I had said to him, get up and go for a walk. I don't have time. It's like, you're wasting time anyways. So do something productive with that time. Go for a walk, change the chemistry of what's happening in your body and then come back. And whether it's just a walk around the house or whether you walk out and you get a nice fresh glass of water or whether you step outside into the sunshine or you sit down and meditate, no matter what it is, if self-talk, if you can't get yourself out of your rut of saying horrible things to yourself or you wake up in the morning and you just are in a foul mood and you're like, well, I can't talk myself out of it, right? Okay, maybe you can't. Then you need to do something different. So there's not just one way to do this. Some people can instantly just snap their fingers. And when the snap of the fingers, they are like, okay, I'm on a bad track. Get back on track. You are good enough. You are strong enough. You can push through this. Some people can't. For myself, some days I can't get myself out of a funk. And I know that the trick, so if I can't talk myself out of it, 
then I have to sweat myself out of it. So I am throwing on the running shoes and I am grabbing the dog or I'm putting on the headphones and usually it leads to a dance party on the treadmill. I'm not going to lie. I've got some pretty good moves on the treadmill as well. And I go downstairs and I just go for it. And I turn on music that I love and I sing and I walk and I sweat. And when I'm done, I feel better. So there's just different ways that you have to learn your own self. But if one thing's not working for you, it doesn't mean nothing will work for you. And that's the catch, right? So there is, as you said, the internet is amazing. You can Google anything you want and get like 10,000 different ideas. So if one's not working for you, find something else and try it. And keep going until you find what works for you. Because what works for me will not work for you. And it will not work for my son. And we just need to find what works for us. And so that's the biggest thing is don't don't try one thing and then give up. Mm-hmm. Try something and then try something else and try something else. And I did a ton of therapy during that time. It wasn't, I didn't just do this on my own either. I had to remove toxic people from my life. I had to get a therapist. I did my own therapy. I did therapy with my children. I started working out. I started surrounding myself with good people. I started dreaming really, really big during that time and writing them down because it got me excited and it showed me the future was going to be bright because I had amazing things to look forward to. And then I started working every day towards those big dreams. So it gave me a purpose in life every day to get up. Like it's baby steps. And when we look, sometimes when we look at people um, that are like really successful and really nailing it, then we think, oh, I'll never be like that. But most of them had to take baby steps to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. And when you have a bad day, you're like, well, all right, that did not go great. So we forgive ourselves, you get a good night's sleep, and you wake up and you start out with better intentions the next day. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing from you there, Jen, is detaching yourself from expectations and not really taking it personally. If something does not work for you, it's not, there's nothing wrong with you. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. I think when, let's say somebody tries to follow a diet and they're like this is here's their diet plan and it's it's laid out so perfectly they go to do it and then they cannot follow through and then all of a sudden they get into the cycle of like it's me I'm doing things wrong I can't do anything I can't follow through with anything I always start things and then I stop things and I think it's just having the perspective of maybe this shoe just does not fit you and it is not anything to do with you. You just move on to the next pair of shoes or you try a different size or whatever it is, adapting it without any expectations of what that outcome is supposed to look like. Like I think we paint this picture in our mind of like it we have to be perfect we always have to have everything together we always have to like successfully complete something from beginning to end in this way and the biggest thing that we have to do I think is like not create those expectations allow things to just be if it didn't go well there's always tomorrow and there's always another way to go about doing it. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Um, and I think that's just such a great reminder for both men and women to look at it from that perspective versus taking it so damn personally. It's not personal yeah. at all. It's like just a bad fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's important to be 
really honest about your own life and your own struggles and your own journey. And so you allow other people to see that you're coming at it, you know, one of the, you know, most profound two words are me too, right? And so, you know, I'm really, really honest with other women about my journey and my struggles and my up days and my down days. And it doesn't mean airing your dirty laundry. That's completely different. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah, raising teenagers is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And having a five-year-old who doesn't eat anything, um, you know, that's really tricky stuff and balancing a marriage and trying to, you know, make sure that we are really always firing where we need to be and, you know, and really proofing our marriage to last the long, that's tricky. And so I think if we're just honest about that too, and we're honest about our journey, then it's easier to show other people that the expectation is reasonable. It's not perfect. But when we hide stuff and we act like we're amazing and we act like our kids are awesome and we make sure that they're really perfect and they're all, they look awesome in our marriages and we put all this stuff there, then sure as shit, everyone's going to think they're failing because everyone else is not. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. So I embraced the mess years ago. I embraced the chaos years ago. And it was with the birth of our fourth child who is um, a wild child in every way, shape, or form. And, you know, I just, she taught me, she taught me more than anyone I've ever met in my 40 years of living on this planet. And it was to have fun, to lighten up, to wear whatever you damn well please and what makes you feel good. And that girl is usually in a fairy dress with rubber boots, a cape, and a mask. And that's how we let her go out into the world because she feels good. And so if we just stopped pretending with everyone we met and just were our own selves, we were authentic, we were real and we were true and we shared our ups and our downs from a really authentic space, then people would start seeing that there is no such thing as perfect. Mm-hmm. We're all just trying. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. It's funny because – I don't know if you've heard any um, episodes of the podcast before, but in my intro, uh, one of the things I admit to is being a hot mess mom. Like <laughs> I used to try to have the perfect curated, all my pictures on Facebook and Instagram were pretty. And then I had a child and was like, nope, okay, my house is ca-. like, I couldn't keep up with it. I was like trying to clean everything up before I was taking pictures and I was trying to just keep everything together. And eventually I just had a breakdown and was like, Fuck it. I'm leaving yeah. the toys out. I'm le- I'm taking pictures <laughs> with the toys out. And now so many moms have came forward and are like, I love that when we see pictures of your house, it looks like my house. And I was like, yeah. oh, thank goodness that you guys recognize that like this is real life. We don't have to tuck all the toys away before we snap a picture. We don't have to have the perfect lighting and have an outfit that's always perfectly coordinated and all this shit. It's like... Oh, things like it just show up as you are. All of us just don't try to have it all together. Like, 
life is messy and it's beautiful in its messiness. So I love that you you shared that in terms of authenticity. I welcome so many people into that. Like, yes, maybe you are somebody who loves to have a clean house and that brings you joy and fulfillment. Do it, girl. That's all you. But if you are a mom who's like trying to do it all and feel as though like you are being stretched so freaking thin – just leave your house messy, do the laundry three days from now, put your feet up and just be like, it's all gonna be okay. It is all gonna be okay. You just pick what you pick what's important to you. Yes. And I think that's, that's the key of it. So I like to keep a clean house, but I hate to cook. And um, you know, so my husband does all the cooking and that works, that works for us. And we, you know, all our kids, we taught them how to do their own laundry. I hate doing laundry. Who likes, like, come yes. on, right? Yeah. So, right? Yeah. So I was like, no, oh, you know how to work that. You're smart enough to work an iPad. You can work a laundry machine. So come on, let's get on board here. So you do what works for your family and you yes. let go of the rest. So we, we do what works for us and I encourage everyone to do what works for them, but Years ago, I have a friend who's a photographer, and there was a picture that she had taken, and it was going around the internet of this family, and everyone kept saying that was such a beautiful, and it was this and that, and the photographer actually admitted that it was the worst session she had ever done. They fought the entire time. The husband didn't want to be there. The kids were horrible, but they got this one shot that was absolutely perfect, and I think about that a lot in our lives, you know. I would rather just chill out, be who we are, and I don't think there's one decent picture of my entire family ever. There is a kid flying here, there's one with a skirt over their head, there's one pouting in a corner. I, you know, take the worst awkward pictures ever, and we still take them, because that's us. And there is, we just are who we are. And then you surround yourself with people that accept that, and they're doing the same thing, and all of a sudden, your messy is okay because mm -hmm. they're messy too and they're messy too and we're just all loving each other in the midst of this shit show mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely oh so much goodness jen this has been an awesome chat <laughs> so now i just want to talk about what you do i want to talk about your books and i want to talk about the coaching that you do because there might be some people out there that are like oh my goodness i need to connect with jen i need to work with jen i want to know more about this amazing woman so this is your time to shine tell me all about <laughs> your stuff what do you have going on okay so as far as my books are concerned i write children's books and the running joke is I actually write books for adults that are just disguised as children's books. So I have two books out right now. My third book is coming out this, um, the beginning of November, which is really, really exciting. And so the, um, the book that actually was just released a few months ago is about my youngest wild child, Harper. And so it's called I Don't Think I'll Be a Princess. And it is for all our incredibly strong, daredevil, climbing tree, cape-wearing girls that would rather be sitting in a mud puddle than sitting pretty on a throne. And so that book was 
so much fun to write and it's been so much fun to promote because it is out there encouraging little girls and women of all ages to just embrace who they are no matter what that looks like so that's amazing it's amazing to have my words translate in in, in that type of way right so i do these talks and i talk to women but to look and say that I actually can have an impact on a younger generation and it's maybe just a children's book, but it's not. And that's the beauty of writing for children. So I love that part of my life. It is without a doubt the most fun and my whole entire heart is in my writing. And then I do coaching as well on top of that. And so I work um, solely with women and so I work on personal growth and development. And so women come to me at many different stages of their life. And some of them are working towards business goals. And we work on you know strategies toward that. But often in that, we're also working on our confidence to get there, right? So lots of us are wanting big things, but we're lacking the confidence or we're playing small or we're not sure how to go about it. Something else that I noticed years ago was when I was, before I actually met my my partner and my husband, I didn't have anyone to bounce ideas off of. I didn't have anyone to lift me up. I didn't have anyone to say these crazy big dreams to that would be like, yeah, man, I've got you. Let's make a plan. Let's write that down. Let's Let's go for it all the way. And so not everyone has that encouragement in their life. And so that's my role. That's that's the part of my job that I love the most is that I can sit there with women and we can talk about these things that maybe other people in their lives are thinking are crazy or it's not the not the right fit or they're, you know, they can't do that. And I am there to sit with them and say, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. We can do this. And we work through those together. I have women that come that are just trying to sort some things out in their in their life of how to take the next step to learn how to just, they just want to love themselves and be able to look in the mirror and be, be really in love with the person that they're looking at. And that's really tricky and that can take a lot of time to work through. Um, and I also work with women that are working on organizing their life with like their actual physical life, their space, their workspace, their homes, their offices, their vehicles, because I believe, and I'm really, really passionate about when we are surrounded by clutter, our minds become very cluttered. And that's completely different than just having a messy house with toys and crap laying around because we all have, we have kids, that's going to be your life. But when we're in spaces like that, it's really hard to focus. It's really hard to push yourself through. So that's what I do. And so I have women coming to me at all different stages of their personal growth. And we start from exactly where you are. And we you know, talk about where you want to be and how we're going to get you there. And we work really, really hard. And I am, I was chatting with someone yesterday and I said, there's a lot of things that I am, but I am not a handholder. I am a, I might, I won't not be for everyone, right? Like I, I want you to want more. I want you to push hard. I want you to make the breakthrough. I want you to be the woman that I know we all can be. And that's not by that's not by playing small. It's not by going easy. It's not by 
coddling every situation. I am there to say, no, that's an excuse. And I'm calling you, I'm calling BS on that. Mm-hmm. You absolutely can do that. We can do this. You can do this. And so that's my role. And that I take that very, very seriously. I want to be your biggest cheerleader, but I also want to be your biggest ass kicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, between those and being able to go out and speak to women about how to take care of themselves or speak to women on how to balance life and work because it's hard and the the struggle is real, right? Like mm-hmm. I run a business and I am, you know, out there promoting not just my store, I'm out there promoting my books and I have to be on the road doing that. So it means I have to have a pretty balanced life in order to do that. And I have to have a pretty balanced life in order to be able to take time away from my family to go off and speak to women, whether I'm hosting seminars. Um, so I have a, a one day woman's retreat coming up here in October um, called Soul Session. And so you know, it's really tricky to kind of get that going and make sure I'm balancing all that and keeping everything going at home, right? So I talk with women that about that as well. And I do um, some some work and some speeches with them to talk about that none of us really have it together, mostly mm-hmm. is my message is so stop, yes. stop, you won't have it all together. You will just have pieces together at certain times. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So just being the voice on the other end saying, yeah, I've got a lot of balls up in the air and I don't have it together either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. That's what I've got going on. Yeah. Oh, there's so much awesomeness there. We are going to have to have you back for sure, Jen. <laughs> like, oh, I just I love everything that you're doing. I love the way that you're showing up. And you know what I always say, like in relation to what you were saying with the balls is like when we have a couple balls that we're like really rocking at and things are really good. It means that other things we may not be rocking at at the same time. And some people think that they need more balance in their life. But I really don't think that like balance truly exists in this space. I believe that there's harmony and some seasons you are full business mode and some seasons you may be like full relaxation, visualization, like thinking about what what um, you're almost in a period of like rest and rebirth. And that's OK. You don't need to always be doing awesome at like everything all at once because there is going to be those seasons and those periods where different areas of your life may be slightly better than others yes yeah and I think that's just the beauty of it when Uh you learn to just embrace it there's so much beauty and wisdom in those and I think it's also really important to use your words and talk to your support circle that you have around you of what you need, especially Mm -hmm. if you're really pushing for big goals, then there are certain days where I know that I need something completely different from my family because I have a really big event coming up and I know myself and I know what I need from them. So tell people what you need, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, Instead of just having expectations they are going to read your mind, like expectations are premeditated resentments. So say what exactly what you need from them and spell it out. Don't say, well, they should just know what I need. No, they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Half time, I don't even know what I need. How are they going to know what I need, right? Exactly. So saying what you need from the people around you, asking 
for help for what you need, saying no to things because right now this is my busy season. I'm like for myself, I'm coming up. I have my set and I have my big retreat coming up. I have a new book coming out. I have lots of clients and I have a really busy store. I am saying no to a lot of things right now unless they feel right. Mm-hmm. And when they feel right, I am all in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I say yes to something, I am all in. And when I say no to something, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And I just ask people what I what I need. I need mm-hmm. you to give me space right now, or I need you to push me right now, or I need you to, you know, make sure that every single night I have two hours free that I can just work in my office and get stuff done and without children on my lap for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So yeah. just be clear of what you need and stop expecting everyone to know. Yes. Say what you need and move forward. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely, Jen. Now we're just going to wrap up the podcast by getting two more critical pieces of information. So one of them is where can people find out more about you? So website or maybe Facebook or Instagram, where would they be able to connect with you? Absolutely. So I do have a website. So it is just really simple. It is jencourtney.ca and that's Jen with one N. And on Facebook, it's just Jennifer Courtney author. And it's the same under Instagram. So you can find me at either of those places and you can contact me and we can have we can have a chat. Awesome. Yeah. Or you can find my books. There's my plug. You can find my books on my website and buy some really great stories for you and your children. Oh, so good. So good. So I will send you an email afterwards. Um, but I want to definitely get your books and give them for gifts to all of my friends who have children for Christmas. So I will connect with you in relation to that. Um, afterwards, Jen. But just lastly, I end every episode of the podcast in the same way. And that is Jen, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, snap. Okay. Um, if I could say it, if there was only one thing that people remembered me by, it would be, I would like for them to say that she was true to herself and what you saw is what you got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you for showing up in the way that you did today, Jen. I'm really looking forward to everybody being able to hear all of the valuable pieces of information that you shared today. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. I'm sure that we will do this again sometime and I will connect with you very soon. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Awesome. Thank you. You know, when you have one of those conversations with somebody who you just really connect with, that's, that's totally how I felt about today's conversation. What a cool chick and just somebody who was so real, open, authentic. Oh, so awesome. I'm so, so grateful that Jennifer took the time to share all of her awesome insights with all of you. So I'm going to make sure to put all of her info in the show notes if you want to connect with her. I also will be picking up some of her children's books to gift out for Christmas. So if you want some of those for your children or to give to people in your life, you can head on over to jencourtney.com. and go check it out. That's it for another episode, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm currently sitting almost five weeks out from my show, so getting near close to the finish line of that bad boy. Overall, feeling pretty good. Um, I've certainly been a lot less vocal about my journey this time. I posted about this on social media, but really... 
I've been head down, grinding it out, and also there was a realization that this prep has been pretty intense. So the amount of cardio is pretty intense, um, amount of volume is very intense, and my fear with sharing the intensity of it is that it may scare people or people may think that, oh, that's what I have to do. And when it comes to competing at a pro level, I will absolutely do whatever it takes. And that does mean a few hours of cardio a day. That does mean a few hours of lifting a day. That does mean sucking up your macros and being hungry and just doing it. But I don't want that path for a lot of people, right? Like unless you are going to be competing, it makes absolutely no sense for you to look at my macros or look at my training and be like, oh, that's exactly what I have to do. So that's one of the reasons why I've been a little bit less vocal about the specifics with my prep. The other thing is that I've really just needed a little bit of a social media break to focus on getting the fucking job done. Like it is intense and social media is a very, big distraction for me. So it's very easy for me to like get on social media and just keep flipping through versus focusing on the task at hand. So that's another reason why I've been a little bit less vocal than my last prep. So thanks for bearing with me guys. Know that I do appreciate your support. I appreciate the fact that you guys take the time to reach out and connect with me. Know that I'm just grinding away, keeping at it. We had a really good week in terms of progress. So I just got to keep this up so that I'm where I need to be in five weeks time. All right, guys, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Ciao for now. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform 1 million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.